Welcome to Big Hospitality's United We Stand podcast. Today we're talking to Cricket's co-founder Rick Campbell about government support during the crisis, keeping his staff and customers engaged and his plans for the three strong modern Indian restaurant group once it's allowed to reopen. Well thanks very much for for joining us. Um, Rick, how are you today? I'm great, thank you very much. Uh, In Suffolk, currently at my parents' house, um, bright blue skies, uh, yeah, can't complain. But but probably missing missing London and, and the restaurant life a bit. I think so. Yeah, I was only talking today actually to Will, my um, business partner, um, about how much we're missing the hustle and bustle of the restaurant. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Obviously, Cricket was was forced to close its restaurants like everyone else, but you you, you did briefly introduce a a delivery offer, but, but stopped after just a, just a few days, I think. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of introducing that and, and why you opted to to end it? Yeah, so we closed all the restaurants. I think it was the 17th of um, March stopped all operations then, and um, uh, this was before any of the sort of government, um, uh, big government announcements regards to furlough and and support and things. So at that point in time, we were kind of working out what we were going to do with our staff. You know, we we actually didn't make anyone redundant uh, compared to a lot of um, uh, uh, restaurant groups. I think who who pulled the trigger maybe a little bit early, but we, um, we tried not to do that, and we 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 attempted to sort of pivot the business model, I guess, to delivery to create jobs for the staff and uh, and that was that was the plan basically and we started in Brixton and, and White City and then we were going to do Soho and operate out some and dark kitchens elsewhere and hopefully that was going to support the staff in this period but then um, well so we actually launched it um, for four days we had great response for Brixton especially once the government made their um, announcements of the um, self support scheme and, and those kind of things it, it didn't actually make financial sense for us to carry on but also I think there are a lot of um, although there were obviously the, a lot of health and safety concerns for the, the well-being of the staff during that period as well, so um, so we decided to pull it after after four days and close all operations in full. But um, yeah, we're delighted with how it went, and I think it's great to have it in the armory for the future perhaps to support as reopening or on another for another project. Sure, because I mean, I, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit and we'll, we'll probably come back to this, but it's looking increasingly likely that, that when restaurants do open, capacity is going to be re- reduced e- either because that's been mandated by the government or, or because of actually f- fewer people wanting to go out to eat, fewer people at work. And actually, I guess the d- delivery could really, really help you know get over the worst of that i think actually delivery um from a financial point from a financial sense is works best when you are doing it alongside your usual course of business um it's actually quite difficult to make um uh, decent um margins on delivery just operating as a dark kitchen and nothing else um so 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 yes i, I think uh it could work as a to complement um, the restaurants whilst they reopen. It's so difficult to, at the moment to to understand whether we're going to be limited to half the amount of people maybe that come in come come in through the doors um, because of social distancing, or whether um, there is a, just less demand. You know, there might be less demand, but there also might be a lot less restaurants. So we don't know how that's going to um, um, work. So uh, you know, it, it's there if we need it, and I think as long as we can also maintain, I like to call it the vibe in the restaurants. You know, there's a bit different when you have delivery drivers walking in and out of the restaurants all the time and what what did you obviously cricket serves in, in modern indian food but, but not indian food as as a lot of delivery customers would understand it i.e you're not big on curry 
what yeah. changes to your to your menu did, did you did you make in order to make it suitable for for delivery? We did uh, dishes that travel well, so we did a, um, a few more curries than usual. We used a couple of non-British ingredients, so we actually did a prawn curry, which is um, not necessarily we wouldn't wouldn't do that in the restaurant. We only use British um, ingredients for fish and meat, certainly. So and and we just reduced the size of it and just worked on kind of quality rather than quantity. And like I said, things that travel well packaged well yeah i think uh, it's something we've worked on before and we're able to turn it around quite quickly this time uh you know there are some dishes on there like um salpuri and uh, the carolyn fried chicken which we are doing a delivery that are also in the restaurant but there's stuff on there that isn't in the restaurant and it's a purely delivery because you were involved with that but with it was the, the white rabbit fund had a dark kitchen a few years ago that you were involved with i think so is that right? yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so we um we had a bit of um practice before um, uh, you know, White Rabbit tried to uh, um, uh, do a delivery additions kitchen in Whitechapel, which I'm not sure was the best location for Indian actually for us. Um, but it was very early on. In the, <laughs> very, very early on in the additions when when delivery started doing additions, uh, addition kitchens. So, um, and I think their business model has changed several times since then. So um, it didn't quite work then and in that location, but um, it could potentially work in future and. Again, we were trying to do Cricket Island Poke and Kim's or Awong under one roof, and I think it just didn't work too well. Given the numbers and, and the response we had to, to our own delivery, especially in Brixton, it was it was bonkers. We actually couldn't we actually couldn't fulfil all the orders. The kitchen could not fulfil all the orders in those four days. Maybe it's something to look at having a separate delivery kitchen and doing a, a cricket specific delivery menu, uh, something that doesn't necessarily cannibalise um, the restaurants as well. If you ever have that issue in the future. So, so uh, as it stands at the, uh, at the moment, your 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 business is effectively paused. Uh, so, so yeah. I, 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 I'm guessing you, you know one of the the, the the main things that's that's going on in your mind as a business owner. Obviously, the the, the staff are, 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 are furloughed, so that's one thing sort of semi ticks off. But obviously, there are other costs that are potentially causing a, a sort of worrying cash burn. Yeah. What are what of those uh, are you most concerned about? What, what what's the the most pressing thing? I mean, we've done really well to reduce a number of our costs. Obviously, um, rent is the main one, but you know we've had clear support from at least one of our landlords, and the other two are definitely supporting us. Um, but we're just but we're kind of just waiting to see how things pan out before we discuss discuss the package. So, um, you know, we've 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 lost that. We essentially don't think we're going to be paying rent. Um, during the period of closure, or would not expect to be. So that's a big relief. Obviously, no rates from the government um, and the staff furlough. So those are the three big ones. And obviously, we've got no cost of goods because we're not selling anything. So, but you do have like a level of overhead to just kind of still take over, whether that's gas and electric, or not so much gas, but some will be. Well, there will be some electric bills. You know, there are subscriptions to our um, EPOS services and um, you know uh, various other. Um, tech, tech services that we have, which some people have helped put on pause for us, given us kind of a, like a payment holiday, and some others haven't. So, um, yeah, there's, you know, there, there is a level of overhead that will always be there. Am I always thinking that you're you have done or are looking to make use of um, some of the government grant schemes? Yes. So we've um, we Brixton qualified actually for the um, 25k government grant and uh, filled that out that form. About I got I got we actually got that in our bank account last week back end of last week on Friday and um, that was about 12 days after filling the form out so not not too bad. So um, does that mean it's a, it's a rateable value? Is it is it under fifty thousand? Under fifty one, yeah, under fifty one thousand. So okay. uh, friction is thirty nine thousand. So that's wow. great. 
Um, uh, not unfortunately not for Soho or White City. <laughs> They're uh, too Soho, big, no. too expensive. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that, so that was great. Uh, but that's yeah, that's that's all from in terms of grants. And do you have any team members that aren't currently on furlough? No, it's just um, myself, Will, and Chris from White Rabbit. <laughs> Everyone else, pretty much. Yeah. And how how are you in, engaging with your with, with yourself? Are you, are you communicating with them regularly or? Yeah, yeah, very regularly. Um, uh, we have a, a Zoom check-in meeting, like I'm sure a lot of people do every week, um, which is great with the managers. Uh, um, with the managers, so there's about eight or ten of us on that. Kind of a hello, how everyone's doing, you know, making sure everyone's safe and well. They um, then check in with their own teams. In fact, um, I was speaking to them earlier today, making sure that we, you know, every month we've got 70 staff, making sure we check in with every single staff. Um, and in fact, um, tomorrow night we're doing a cook along so a will's doing a cook along for everyone um, they've all been invited to to join that and it looks like restaurants will soon be reopening in europe are you starting to think about the the prospects of uh, of reopening and, and what the trading environment might be like when you do yeah of course can't can't not think about it can't help not thinking about it but um, yeah, i was, was delighted today to see the um the news of um, restrictions being lifted in Germany and in Denmark as well, you know, uh, I think hairdressers opening, which is obviously a both form of contact, and um, probably more so in some respects than restaurants. So, you know, that's really positive. I know we're the UK are quite far behind that, you know, perhaps three or four weeks, perhaps longer, but I think that's encouraging. I, I would be really surprised if we are open, uh, before the end of May. I just don't think it will happen. And and there's a big like a big decision for us to make. Does it make financial sense to reopen if the government are still paying furlough and there's loads of restrictions on what we can do in the restaurant? You know, we could be financially worse off if we open. What we don't want to happen is is you know we don't have furlough, so we have to open, and then we have all these restrictions or we're not busy enough. So then we end up being put into the same position as we were before, where potentially we've got to make redundancies or or everyone has to work part time, which is not very it would be slightly weird um, yeah but um you know they don't want people to then as soon as they drop the furlough to then people make loads of people redundant so employers yeah. make loads of people redundant so that but kind you, of defeats the whole point of it you, you, you would think that the government would understand that the the, the vast majority or at least someone would tell the government that you know the vast majority of restaurants can't withstand you know a 10 or 20 percent drop in business let alone a 50 percent drop in business i mean it's not just for the vast majority of restaurants trading at 50 percent is just not viable yeah exactly i mean you took the words out of my mouth you know even a 10 or 20 percent drop off really leaves us with nothing you know so um i think uh you know whether we've got 100 people in the restaurant or 50 people in the restaurant you know we might need, we might need five chefs to cook for 100 we might need four to cook for 50 so it doesn't really you know the numbers don't work and, and we've talked about keeping your staff engaged. What about customers? What are you doing to stay in touch with them? Probably kind of a lot, a, a lot of what other people have done in terms of uh, recipes and stuff through our social. Uh, we've done, uh, I think we're planning on doing a, Will is planning on doing a cook-along. Uh, we do, like I told you, we're doing, doing a cook-along with the staff tomorrow. And I think if that goes well, we might do some um, to 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 law customers you know uh it's a little bit difficult there's only so much you can do when our main course of business is serving food and drink to people what do you think that, that this crisis is is going to do to the hospitality landscape in the long term it's going it's to have a, a a large correction on a lot of things the property landscape is going to change significantly 
you know, we've all been talking about how high the rents have got in central London over the last few years. That you know, that's got to change. It's got to be a correction on that. It's got then. It's got, it's got to mirror customer behaviour that going forward. We will see a, a change of habits. So. Like 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 um, like everyone else, I've really enjoyed cooking and baking, and I think people will still continue to do that. So maybe that means them spending less money um, going out to eat. That said, as we discussed earlier, I think there'll be a lot less operators as well. So in relative terms, it might not be so bad. Fortunately for us, uh, cricket has a really you know great loyal following of customers, and I would like to think, or I, I like to think that you know we're on a lot of people's list of restaurants they want to go to. When, when they do get the chance to go out and eat again. Do you think it might have implications for your... I know you're not, you're not planning to do loads more crickets, but do you think it could provide opportunities from a property perspective for, for, for cricket? Definitely, and we're already seeing that. You know, It seems strange to be talking about expansion when actually we're spending most of our time trying to survive. Um, but you know, everybody knows that with, with these kind of... Um, environments there's always a lot of opportunity at the end and if we and if we survive which i believe we will um i think we'll see more and more of that um, and we'll have to act with our you know our heads and not our hearts on, on those things it'd be very easy to then go and sign the wrong thing or do or you know go down the wrong route um so i'm excited about getting to the other side first and foremost because i want to get back to work and 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 with our current three restaurants get them up and running but there will be plenty of opportunity both in London and outside of London for us. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm already seeing, seeing some of that or, already. Well, Rick, I mean, that's, a, that's a good note to um, to end on. Thank you very much for, for talking to us and, and very best of luck with, with, with cricket. No problem. Good to chat to you, Joe.